Hi, everybody. It is that time again. It's another podcast interview on the Mind and Body podcast. And today I have Shandy Chernell. I was so happy to be introduced to her through a mutual party and her and what she's about. And I'll just have her take it over so she can share with you what she's about. Hi, Shandy. Thanks for being on. Hi. Good morning, Nadia. It is so nice to meet you. And thank you so much for having me on the show this morning. I really appreciate it. Yes, I've been looking forward to it. I've been looking at your information. And um, as I was putting questions together for you, I really wanted to dive into the world of food allergies, because I only know a little bit about it. So why don't you share with everyone first what your company is and what you provide for your customers? Absolutely happy to. Yeah, it seems to be quite a relevant topic these days. And so I am talking about it all the time and always happy to share information. <laughs> so the, my company is called Certistar. And what we do is we provide individualized menu, regardless of what uh, allergies are in what combination a diner or a customer to a restaurant or other food service place may have. So the customer comes in, let's just say in a restaurant, um, and then the restaurant has Certistar service and can then put in all the allergies that a person might have, because oftentimes people have more than one. And then we give back a menu in red, yellow, uh, green. That was a backwards stoplight, green, yellow, red, uh, <laughs> stoplight style. So uh, allergen-friendly modifications and then unsafe so that someone knows all of their options in a restaurant uh, and doesn't have to spend a lot of time trying to decide with the server or manager or chef what it is that they might be able to eat. That's amazing. And um, in how, how are restaurants responding to this? Are they all about it? Is this something that they've struggled with? So they're so happy with the ease of this option? Or are they kind of more resistant? Well, we get a lot of different uh, answers. You know, there's there's many folks in the restaurant industry who feel that they're doing a very good job with food allergies, which is great because there's a lot of people who care a lot and have implemented a lot of policies and procedures to ensure that their customers are as safe as possible. Um, so, you know, we come into the mix to add an additional layer of protection for both sides uh, and make things even easier. The, the policies and procedures tend not to cover off uh, how long that big, long conversation can take. You know, we've mm -hmm. found that it takes an average of between eight and 12 minutes for a customer and the restaurant to figure out, uh, you know, what it is that that person can order. So we're trying to eliminate that time and the stress that happens on both parties. You know, obviously the restaurant wants someone to be safe uh, and the diner wants to be safe as well, which can, you know, put a, put a, put a bit of stress on the conversation. So we're trying to make it as data-based and fact-based and easy and fast as possible. That's great because um, in the blog post that we posted today, everybody check it out, my interview with Shandy, um, I mentioned about my, the only awareness I knew about it growing up was that my mother was aller is allergic to shelled fish. So when we went out, it was always so, she was always so scared to go out to eat. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, so how, like, we really didn't start going out to eat until like college when I was in college <laughs> because she was so nervous. Um, sure. She always packed Benadryl and she was always adamant about telling the waiter, um, you know, about her allergies. And I remember one instance, even though she did convey that, they use the same spoon that they use for a fish item um, for her chicken meal. And so she did have a reaction. What That's are the very measures? scary? Yeah. Is that common that happens in the, or is it more, or is there more of an awareness about it now? 
you know, I, there are a couple of a couple of things I'd like to comment on in there. First, you know, your mom is certainly not alone. Uh, 25% of people, um, you know, they say are, are who are food allergic completely avoid going out to eat outside the home. So it's a very common thing to be so nervous, you know, that you don't want to put your life in someone else's hands for fear yeah. that they're not going to care, obviously, as much as you do or understand the severity of it. Um, so no, I mean, it's, it's a very common thing to not go out and it's a very common thing to feel very, very nervous about it. You know, we try to educate as much as we can. Uh, you know, there are some other organizations who do a lot of training around food allergies, which is awesome mm -hmm. in the hospitality industry. So we try to educate as much as we can so that people really understand that it is something that is severe and reactions can be life-threatening. Uh, and so we all have to make sure that those policies and procedures in the kitchen are taken very seriously. Yeah. I interviewed another lady uh, actually this week and she uh, launched a specific cookie product because her daughter suffered for, for, from several different allergies, the common peanut allergies, but some other allergies that are very rare. Um, does, the pro, does the platform cover just the common allergies or, or is it across the gamut like rare to common? Sure, it's a great question. So we cover any food in any combination. So there's 170 different foods or more that have been known to cause food allergic reactions. So inside a Certistar, we don't care what it is that you're trying to avoid, you know, if you're allergic to something or you're intolerant to it. And you can put in any category. You can put in mammals or nightshades or, um, you know, really, truly anything that uh, you may be allergic to or wanting to avoid for a different reason and any combination. So my allergies are peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, and pork. So those first three are the top eight, right? But pork is kind of out of left field, mm -hmm. although more common than you would think. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, no other software outside of what it is that we do ever covers that. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone out to eat and I say, hey, we got to talk about food allergies. And the answer at the restaurant is, well, here's our gluten-free menu. I'm like, but I no. like gluten. Please, please feed me the gluten, right? Gluten is delicious. Uh, <laughs> not to minimize, you know, people with gluten allergies, of course, there's, you know, that's a very severe thing, but it's not what I have. Exactly. And so we want to make sure that the industry is respecting the particular allergies that customers are coming in with. Not knocking any part of the United States, but just curious. Of course. <laughs> are there any cities that are really like, give me more and other cities where like, do you find it's more receptive on the West and East coast versus middle America? Or is it just, are you pleasantly surprised all around? You know what? It, that, it's a great question. Um, and thinking about it, we just are fresh off of the national restaurant association show, which takes place in Chicago. Okay. Um, we just literally just got back on Tuesday night, but uh, thinking about all the people that we spoke to, I don't think that there's a geographical, preference kind of one way or the other. Um, I think that the, the, you know, kind of East Coast, West Coast, bigger cities tend to have uh, more policies and procedures in place. Right. Uh, just as a practice, because all of their competitors do, right? People tend to rise or fall to the level of those around them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, a more common practice. Maybe there's some more regulations in those states. I don't know. Yeah. But in terms of interest and desire to serve those customers well. I think it's pretty, pretty much across the board. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So you mentioned that you have your own allergies, but um, yeah. was that the driving force or was it your kids having allergies or both? 
Actually, my kids don't have any allergies. Oh, they which don't. Is great. Oh, that's no, good. <laughs> no, it's just my me. Bad. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm glad they don't. I, you know, it's obviously like anyone else. It's, it's entirely possible that at some point they develop them. Anyone can become allergic to any food at any age, but oh. uh, at the moment, it's just me. Okay. Uh, which is great and kind of scary at the same time. You know, I'm a single mom, so uh, I, they, and I actually run drills. So that in case I have a reaction, you know, I'm the only adult in the house. So they have to know where my EpiPens are, how to call 911, all that stuff. Uh, and so that can be a little bit scary, right? People talk about it the other way. Parents are scared to give their kids EpiPens. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, my kids are scared to give me one, too. That's amazing. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's really smart, too, because sometimes people, they play the avoidance game. Like, oh, oh I don't want to think about it. It can't happen. But, like, now your kids, God forbid, are prepared because... Yeah, I think that's genius. That's kudos to you for that, Shandy. I, I... No, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's funny, actually. My nine-year-old, well, I guess it's not funny, but uh, my nine-year-old's afraid of needles. And so mm. my six-year-old has the job of get the EpiPen oh and inject it. And my wow. nine-year-old has the job of find the phone, call 911, and talk to them and tell them what's happening. Yeah. I like so I just split gave... it that way because he won't inject me. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, I like how you gave them tasks that each of them are comfortable with if it has to come to that. So Yeah, um... we've tried it both ways. And he just, he, you know, I'm sure in an actual emergency, if the little one wasn't around, he'd be able to do yeah. it. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, no, it's much better to to let them do the things that they feel most comfortable with. I'm sorry, I didn't answer the question. You no, you answered it perfectly. <laughs> no, no, no. And then you got my wheels going for some other questions. So <laughs> you had said, so the kids don't have it, but you said that you can develop allergies later on in life. Now, is that yeah. hereditary? Is that atmosphere? I mean, in your environment? Like, how does that happen? It's not an entirely hereditary component, although there are certainly families that have allergies. Um, so mine didn't show up until I was 28 and wow. that was my first one. Yeah. I woke up one day after having been to a dinner party the night before and my bottom lip was enormous. Like I cannot describe to you the size of my bottom lip that morning. Uh, and I took a picture and sent it to my dad, who is a physician. Mm. And he said, okay, step one, delete the picture. Don't ever let anyone see that again. <laughs> and step two, you know, go to the allergist and try and figure out what it is that you're allergic to because you've had a food allergic reaction. Wow. Yeah. And, and then once you have covered. one, you're more likely to pick up more than one. So one, one, over yeah. time I've gotten four. <laughs> wow. So mm -hmm. what's the difference between allergies and food intolerance or is food intolerance basically a mild form of an allergy? Sorry, yeah, sure. that was super ignorant it's, question. Not at all. No, it's a question we actually get really commonly. Um, and, you know, my first inclination is to say from a restaurant perspective, it doesn't really matter. Um, technically, uh, and I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't say technically, but the difference really between a food allergy and a food intolerance is that a food allergy in layman's terms is, is life-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, there's a possibility of having a life-threatening reaction, uh, what we call anaphylaxis. Uh, and anaphylaxis can take many, many different forms, but we shouldn't minimize, you know, the intolerances because an intolerance can cause someone to be wildly uncomfortable for quite some time. Yes. Um, and so I don't want to ever minimize that side of it. Uh, and, you know, all of us who are, who are dealing with the, the food service industry and are in the food service industry should take both as seriously as the other. And as a mom, and I, I have a little one, two and a half. Yeah. Um, do you suggest or did you do this with your own kids, a panel test to see if they have allergies before? Like, because sometimes you just don't know, like, <laughs> sure. especially if they no. haven't eaten anything that might they might be allergic to. Like, 
is that a little too much or I don't know? No, it's, it's a great question. And one where, you know, you can kind of quickly step into con- some controversy in the food allergy community. So mm. uh, sorry to anybody who feels differently, but uh, you know, the, the panel testing both blood and skin uh, can cause both f- uh, false positives and false negatives. Mm. So it, it's a starting place to figure out where a reaction has come from. Okay. Some people are lucky enough to only test positive for the foods that they've actually had a reaction to. I am not one of those people. I test positive for over 30 foods. I am not mm-hmm. allergic to 30 foods. I also mm-hmm. test negative for shellfish. And to date, those have been my worst reactions. Oh. So, I mean, I just use me as an example. Certainly, I'm not alone in either side of that. But um, I, I would not personally recommend just testing anyone um, unless they've had a food allergic reaction. And then, you know, what the what the medical community who focuses on food allergies will generally say is that the gold standard for food allergy testing is, um, you know, once you've had a reaction to the food. That said, if you think you're allergic to something, don't go into your kitchen and eat it. You know, you want to do all that <laughs> under a doctor's care. Right. <laughs> Let's do it responsibly. But, right. And um, they call that a food challenge where they, uh, you know, again, under a doctor's care, give you the food that you think you're allergic to and then, um, you know, test you kind of in a vacuum for that just one thing uh, and find out, you know, what happens. But the, the blood and the skin tests uh, have a tendency to not be as accurate, <laughs> to put that gently. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. I gave my son, um, he was in Sunday school at church. And then we got in the car and my husband noticed his bottom lip was swollen. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, they gave him little, those little Welcher snacks. Oh, yeah. And so um, I found an all natural version of it. So could sometimes you not be allergic to a specific food, but maybe an additive or something? Sure. Like, How do you know if it's the food or an additive in a product? It, for me, that's all food, right? So okay. even if it's not like, you know, real food that maybe humans should be eating, but you know, yes. it's a whole other topic for yeah. another podcast. <laughs> that's uh, another one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, so anything that's in the in the food supply really could be the cause of reaction for sure. So, uh, you know, citric acid is a common one um, and that can be derived from all sorts of things, but that people have an intolerance or a reaction to. Uh, which kind of comes to mind from a food, you know, from a, the fruit snacks, those Welchers yeah. things, uh, which are great. Yay, Welchers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, it, like, it can really be anything. Should I have said Welchers or should I have just said fruit snacks? <laughs> Go on. No, it can be anything, um, really and truly, any ingredient on a label could could be problematic. Um, and there's some issues around the labeling stuff, too, that can make it a little bit more difficult to figure out what the, what the real cause was, mm-hmm. um, you know, Uh, manufacturers can put in natural flavors, natural colors, artificial colors, artificial flavors, spices, preservatives, where they're not necessarily naming off every single ingredient in there, which can cause it to be a little bit tricky to figure it out. But, um, you know, it's, it's good if it's only historically been one food item, you can really just avoid that whole food item for him. And yeah, um, yeah, but do keep track, you know, if he has other reactions, write those down and then try to find the common thread. It can be super tricky to figure out, you know, those, those, um, you know, more, more hard to pronounce components when you've got an allergy in there. Yes. Um, that's, yeah, that's (laughs) great tip, Shandy. I'm like taking notes over here. (laughs) (laughs) Write things down when you have a reaction. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so 
I love the concept of start to start. Thank are you. you thinking of doing it for personal use or are you just thinking about sticking to just restaurants? So like, let's say a family or um, even like a bed and breakfast or something like that. I don't want to like dive into your business. No, plan sure. <laughs> Look, and at the moment, the, the capabilities that we have today uh, on the truck, if you will, are for really any food service. And we talk a lot about restaurants, but the truth is if you think about all the, all the places or number of times in your day where you can accomplish the task of like getting food outside the home, it's a lot. So, you know, restaurants, food trucks, um, hotels, kind of easy to think about, but also mm-hmm. hospitals, assisted living, retirement mm-hmm. homes, anything healthcare related that way. Also education stuff. We have a whole separate schools product, which is relevant for not only schools, but also daycares, camps, um, you know, any other uh, activities where there's kids and eating, uh, you know, really and truly anything, schools, uh, universities, uh, et cetera. So anywhere you can buy food, we are in for that. Your question was more around personal use. Uh, we have actually uh, designed and and thought about, you know, a more kind of grocery scanner type of application. Yes. And uh, I'd love to get that out and into the hands of the public, although we haven't we haven't set a release date for that as of yet. Okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Nor will I commit to one. <laughs> Take your time. You know? Um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about food allergies for those that have never dealt with it or have loved ones that, that are dealing with it? What's like some I love of this question. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think the biggest misconception is that it's all about the top eight or it's all about gluten. Um, you know, like I said earlier, right, here's our gluten-free menu. And I'm like, yay, that's great. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't help me in particular. It helps a lot of other people. Right. Uh, So I think, you know, that whole top eight thing, right? I say I'm allergic to pork and the reactions that I get from people are all over the board, right? What? Are you serious? I've never heard about that. You can't be allergic to pork. And like, and everything, what is it about pork? I don't know. It's a food protein and my body is unfriendly towards it. Yeah. Uh, So I, I think that's kind of the number one biggest misconception Probably the most dangerous one is that food allergies aren't a thing. It's not real. People are making it up or, uh, you know, that it's not as serious or life-threatening as people make it out to be. You know, just statistically, uh, there aren't um, any, any more than zero deaths is too many, but there aren't that many. So, you know, the, the, the statistics range depending on the source, but, you know, some, somewhere in the hundreds of deaths per year. Uh, in the U.S. from from food allergies, but if you contrast that to the number of emergency room visits, uh, it's somewhere in the order of 200,000 emergency room Ooh. visits for anaphylactic reactions, which is one every three minutes. So what that means is not that the reactions aren't serious. What that means is that the medication for it, epinephrine, is really effective. Wow! But you have to get it. You have to have it. You know the the number one uh, indicator of whether or not you're going to have a life-threatening, truly, you know, end of your reaction, if you will, uh, is the amount of time between when your reaction starts and when epinephrine is injected. So we're always telling people, you know, make sure you have an EpiPen. Always carry two because there's enough misfires or uh, any, um, any epinephrine auto-injector. I don't care if it's an EpiPen or any of the others. Um, but always carry two because there's enough misfires of them that you want to make sure that you've got a backup just in case. They also say, and always follow, you know, the person's allergy plan, but they also say that, uh, you know, to inject the second one at around the five minute mark, if there isn't market improvement and whether or not the ambulance is there or not inside of five minutes 
is a little bit, you know, too much of a gamble to take not to have a second one. Uh, so, you know, always, always have your EpiPens or other injectors like the AviQ or one of the generics um, and always try to have two. I also wear a medical bracelet. The reason for that is that when the paramedics do arrive, let's just say that, you know, I'm not out with anybody who necessarily knows about my oh, issues. Yeah. We want to make sure that the paramedics know exactly <laughs> what to treat and get that Epi, you know, get that epinephrine in as soon as possible. Oh, you are, you are on it. I have my <laughs> food allergy plan. I'm like, these are things I never even thought of because my mom's getting older and she has mm-hmm. an allergic reaction. What if she's traveling? Like she should really, I think she's just been winging it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, well, and that's, again, that's super common, right? There's so many yeah. people I talk to, they say, oh, I'm allergic to fill in the blank food. And I say, oh, do you carry an EpiPen? Yeah. No. What? You know, so yeah. I kind of lay into them and, and shake my finger at them and you know, try to try to scare them into getting one, if you will, because it's it can be really scary. Um, you know, the other thing that I would love to see are uh, epinephrine auto injectors on the walls of every commercial building, kind of like you see defibrillators. There was a study of school nurses, and I don't know if this statistic kind of extrapolates out beyond school kids or not, but uh, that 30% of the reactions that they treated were to foods that those kids didn't know they were allergic to. And so those people can't possibly have and have, you know, their epinephrine with them if they don't know they have food allergies. Exactly. <laughs> right. But it doesn't mean the reaction's any less severe. Yeah. So. You hear scary stuff like that all the time happening in daycares and stuff. Like they gave the kid the wrong sandwich or whatever, and he's allergic to peanuts and, you know, like, and I feel like if those, if it was more readily available, like so many instances like those could not could be like less horrific like I totally that's a great idea like so are EpiPens hard to get hold of are they expensive are they covered by insurance I'm so curious yeah they're generally covered by insurance um, and the generics have really brought the prices down which is great Uh, they're not hard to get a hold of you know any any physician who um, diagnoses you or knows about your diagnosis with a food allergy uh, I've never seen a doctor not write the prescription, right? You know, yeah. obviously it's all about saving lives. Uh, so not hard to get a hold of um, and, you know, keeping, keeping everybody safe as possible. There's a lot of uh, jurisdictions, if you will, that uh, have legislation that says, you know, schools or restaurants can have um, an, an epinephrine auto injector on hand if they've got someone, you know, correctly trained, they're, you know, all the laws say something a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, not everybody knows that. And so not everyone is taking uh, taking those precautions, if you will, not out of not wanting to, but because, you know, that's not really widespread knowledge. Right. Right. Um, so going back, like I sparked a question in my head and then sure. with the other conversation I had with someone recently. So you being allergic to pork, that's very uncommon, but not as common as you said, right. um, but everyone knows nut allergies, right? What are yep. some other allergies that are actually pretty common that people are unaware of? Um, like probably I've heard that- I heard, most- be- <laughs> <laughs> I, heard that, I heard that you could be allergic to dairy, but it shows up differently. Um, well, like inflammate, like it causes vomiting versus like a swelling if you were to have um, a peanut or something like that. So yeah, yeah I, any know. food allergic reaction can actually be the same. So um, lactose intolerance will show up differently, but uh, dairy is actually the most common anaphylactic uh, allergy to have. Huh. Uh, peanuts would be the second at around 2%. I don't have the dairy number off off the top of my head. Uh, but the uncommon ones are the non-top eights, if you will, that we hear a lot. Uh, sesame, corn, tomato, garlic, onion, black pepper, wow. 
Uh, like in everything, Shandy. <laughs> I know. No, it is. We actually have these t-shirts uh, for sale if anybody wants them that <laughs> have it. on the back of the shirt, they've got, you know, a huge collection of foods. I don't know, 150 or so with little check boxes. And it says, focus on the things I can eat. And so then you can check off all the things you can have as opposed to the things that you can't. Um, because I think that that's kind of the most common thing. Oh my God, she can't eat pork. What on earth am I going to feed her? And I'm right. like, there's all sorts of other food out there. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, I like the positive spin on that because sometimes you may feel alienated or feel like you can't go out or you can't cook dinner for friends or, um, I love, I love how you're putting a spin on that. That's pretty cool. And there's right. no matter what your list of allergies are, there's always a bunch of foods that you can eat. Totally. And I feel like it's also a way to expand your palate and maybe discover new foods um, that you may not have eaten if you weren't allergic. I don't know. Is, is that too far-fetched to say? Not at all. I'm going to steal yeah. that. <laughs> add that to my list. Yeah, I think that's great. No, I mean, seriously, think about it. You know, there's a ton of, like, so many different foods. If you sat down and make a list of, you know, every fruit, vegetable, protein, grain on the planet, right? There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so let's go exploring inside of those things and be creative and, and fix all sorts of delightful things for our food allergic friends. So I like that. I like that too. Um, we're just feeding off each other's energy right now. Um, <laughs> so um, before we end, I would love to opt because some people might think they have an allergy and like, like I said before, sometimes people just want to close their eyes, right? Like, Oh sure. no. Um, so if someone may think they have an allergy, what, what are some, what are the top three tips you would suggest to them uh, to confirm if they do or they don't? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. First and foremost, uh, I would say find an allergist who's, who specializes in food allergies. Uh, that's important because we don't want to have, like we talked about earlier, kind of the great big panel test and then have to avoid nine bajillion things mm-hmm. um, that haven't actually been causing allergic reactions. Uh, also to keep a journal, right? Like I mentioned earlier, write down the things um, when you have reactions and then try to find the common thread mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that you've got an appropriate allergy plan working with that allergist. So even if you've never had a, a particularly severe reaction in the past, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't have one in the future. Um, mm-hmm. People always talk about, and it's probably my, my biggest allergy pet peeve, I have a very severe allergy. And I always say all allergies are severe, just not every reaction is. Um, because I don't want people to think, well, I've never had a, a very severe reaction. So even though I'm allergic, it, it's not that bad. Right. No, it can be. Let's plan for the worst here and hope for the best. Yes. Yeah. It's better to be prepared, better safe than sorry. Right. Like, absolutely. Have- yeah, so absolutely. It's all about educating yourself and knowing, going in aware. Like, I feel like that is the best armor right? Like if you're totally oblivious, like, oh my gosh, it's like stinker. Well, and it can be very scary to think (laughs) about, you know, what happens, but you know, knowledge is power. We're just a a series of eighties, you know, PSAs right right now. Um, (laughs) The more, you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, if you, if you can really identify what it is that you've had reactions to, it's so much easier to avoid than kind of, you know, thinking in a more broad oh gosh, I don't know what will happen. I have to stick yeah. to this very small set of things. No, go expand your horizons. Yeah. Oh, this is a great combo. Thank you so much for being on, Shani. If people want to know more about you, more about your services and your company, Certistar, where can they find you? Yeah, so all over the internet and social media, Certistar.com or all of our handles are exactly the same at Certistar. 
And just in case anybody's curious, it's C-E-R-T-I-S-T-A-R. And then uh, our phone number is 833-EAT-SAFE. So happy Cute. to answer any questions and connect with as much of the food allergy and food service community as we can. And where, just for awareness, where are, um, are you on the East Coast, West Coast, or just slowly popping up all over? Like, can people ask about Third Star in their rest, their favorite restaurant, or you're not? I would love nothing more than for people to ask about Third Star in their favorite restaurants. There's actually a, a PDF flyer on our website that basically says, hey, I'm a food allergic guest and I would feel a whole lot more comfortable if you had a service like this. Please go look into it. We're based in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, but you know we're operating in restaurants in several states. So absolutely, please go ask and spread the word and not just restaurants, but you know schools and other, other food service establishments as well. Thank you so much, Shandy, for opening my eyes to so much and (laughs) and my listeners as well. No, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.